Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. It is officially time to begin one of my favorite exercises we do here at CR, a tradition that began last season, but one we hope to carry into each and every college tennis season moving forward. That, of course, is an exercise we refer to as NCAA Press Row, where I attempt to speak with each of the remaining 16 men's and women's head coaches prior to the start of the NCAA Tournament round of 16. Now, each of these conversations you'll hear over the next few days will be relatively similar in format. I want to talk to each of these coaches about their NCAA opening weekends, what allowed them to advance to this NCAA Sweet 16. Then I want to recap the season, where things stand. I want to talk about each team's best win of the year, the match they perhaps would like to replay the most from the course of the season. We'll talk about the team MVP, the most improved players that have made the success possible for all of these teams this season. Then, of course, I got to pick the coaches' brains about some big picture topics. I want to talk about the Super Regional format going to the top eight seeds for this round of 16 versus the traditional all-sweet 16 matches are played at one location format. What do these coaches prefer? Still very early in the exercise of determining if the Super Regional is worthwhile, but always fun to hear the coaches' initial reactions. And then, of course, we'll try to preview all of these Sweet 16 matches. I will try to coax as many match calculi as I I can from each of these coaches. What is their pathway to four points? How do they project their team's success moving forward throughout the NCAA tournament? We'll talk about all of that and so much more. Again, have a jam-packed week of content prepared for all of you listeners as we get all of you ready for the 2022 college tennis season's home stretch. Of course, you're going to be able to find each of these conversations both here on the Cracked Interviews podcast feed as well as on our website, CrackedRackets.com. Of course, you will also hear the same intro outro on each of these podcasts. I do apologize for that fact. Just makes life a little bit easier, a little bit cleaner for both myself and super producer Daniel Westoff. But again, over the next five days, I will attempt to speak with each and every men's and women's head coach remaining in the 2022 Division I NCAA tournament. Of course, the reason we're able to do that here on the Cracked Interviews podcast is because of the support we get from all of you college tennis fans out there who have tuned in week in, week out. We are immensely grateful for that fact. Also, I have to give a huge shout out to our friends at Swing Vision, who, of course, are on the forefront of all artificial intelligence innovations happening within the tennis world. If you are a college tennis head coach listening to these podcasts, if you are a player, if you are someone with high-level tennis aspirations, download the Swing Vision app today. You'll have access to more data, more things to improve your tennis game than you ever had before, all within the palm of your hand in an app on your phone. So again, learn more about our friends at Swing Vision by clicking on the link in the description to this podcast. I promise all of you, it is the most efficient way to improve your game in the modern day. A huge thank you to our friends at Swing Vision. Use that promo code CRACK20 when you sign up. But again, appreciate all of their support for this show. With that said, again, press row coming up. Going to try and speak with each of the remaining 16 men's and women's head coaches before the start of the NCAA round of 16. With that in mind, let's get to this interview. Hey, crack fans. 
Before we get to today's show, I want to let all of you listeners know about the revolutionary work being done by our friends over at Swing Vision. Now, all of us as tennis players are constantly searching for that piece of information that's going to give us that one, two, three percent edge whenever we step onto the court. We want to know, am I hitting my forehand with enough depth? Am I accurately placing my backhands? Am I employing patterns on the court that are putting me in an optimum position to experience success? Thankfully, all of those questions can now be answered via the app produced by our friends at Swing Vision. Folks, it's extraordinarily simple. You're going to download the app. You're going to turn that app on your phone. You're going to put your phone on the back fence, the back curtain of whatever court you're playing on. You're going to hit record. And then using artificial intelligence, Swing Vision is going to break down your performance. If you click on the link that you find in the podcast description here on today's episode, you'll go right to the Swing Vision website. And of of course, friends who use our Cracked Rackets promo code CRACK20 are going to get an additional $20 discount and a free 14-day pro trial on the Swing Vision app. Again, you use that promo code CRACK20, $20 discount, as well as a free 14-day pro trial. How do you find the link? To get signed up, just go back to your podcast feed. It's in the podcast description of this episode. You go to the Swing Vision website, you set up your account, you download the app, you get rocking and rolling, get all the information one location with our friends at Swing Vision. Joining us on the podcast once again today is a returning champion here on our Crack Racket shows, a man you probably know best as the head coach of the University of Kentucky men's tennis team. It is our friend, Coach Cedric Kaufman. Coach, welcome back to the show. Congratulations on reaching another Sweet 16. How are you doing today? Well, great, great. After uh, Saturday, even better, but uh, good to be on your show again, Alex. I appreciate it. It is always a pleasure, and I should let you know, we had a serious conversation at Crack Rackets HQ. Obviously, you got the chance to see Dalton Thieneman this past weekend. He was a little hurt that you took out his, you know, the Northwestern Wildcats, he and his brother's team, obviously, this past weekend, but that's where I want to start today's conversation. 4-2 victory for you guys over the Wildcats on Saturday. You're back into the Sweet 16 for the first time since, I believe, the 2014 season. Uh, talk to me about this past weekend and what that result means to your program. Um, I think we did well on, on Friday taking care of business. We came out really hot in the doubles. I think we were up 3-0 on all three courts and, and won the doubles. And I think the singles were the same thing. We had some of the guys that have played well this year kind of close out matches with Josh and Gab. And, and so it was a kind of a – we took care of business. We knew Northwestern was going to be a, a tough challenge. Um, we wanted to play them outside, you know, um, and uh, it rained a little bit in the morning. We tried to get a crew and we tried to try those courts as well as we could, but it was not going to happen. Um, so we, we took them, you know, we, we went indoors. Uh, the doubles was really tight. You know, they were up a break at one, uh, could probably close it there. We won at three and uh, a little issue at two, but uh, we... Um, we got the break and a, a little crazy break, and then we held with gap serve behind it. Um, and having the doubles point, you know this in, in, in college and at home, um, it's it's a big deal. Um, I thought Northwestern, We the first 30 minutes we controlled. We actually were playing good at one, playing good at, uh, down a break at two. 
Uh, Milan was playing great and on serve at four, but I can tell you Northwestern played really well for 30 minutes and actually put themselves in position to put us in a very, very tough spot. They, they could have probably won three out of four um, in, a, in the first wave. Um, so their number one played wonderful. I mean, just aggressive tennis at the right time. I think Liam lost his serve, I think, one time, and, and he just could not break him. Uh, played a little too defensive here and there and, and some big points, but um, I, I thought they played great at, at, uh, at one. Um, played a tough match at two. I mean, it, it really kind of came a little later. We, we needed that point at, on gap sports. Um, um, I think they went at four, so it was a two all. I think it got to, it's just a tough, tough match. We needed gap to get up on the, on, on the three to get that third point for us to play five and six, to have Josh and, and uh, JJ to have a little breathing room. Um, but, uh, and Gab played unbelievable the last set, played it aggressive at the right time also. And, and, uh, and, uh, our dear Josh, who's been playing uh, really, really good for us, probably our MVP this year, um, is, um, tough to beat and he just kind of rolled a little bit. So we got to four. No, I'm glad you brought all of that up. And there's a couple of things I want to follow up on that you mentioned, but let's start with the doubles. You've played 13 different doubles pairings this season. And, you know, respectfully, they're not all because there was an injury here or you need to fill in for a pinch there. I know you guys have been experimenting throughout the course of the season. Now you're 42 and 27 overall in individual double sets. But as you mentioned, you take the doubles point against Northwestern. I think you look throughout the course of, you know, the end of the season, the success you guys were able to have, whether it's against Georgia or, you know, again, against Tennessee teams like that where you've needed the doubles point and more often than not of late it feels like you guys are getting them I mean I go back to that Georgia match in particular it felt like when you guys took the doubles point it was just gonna be really hard for them to mount a comeback on the road at that point have you frustrated is the wrong word but, I mean, have you felt the playing around with the doubles all season long? And are you happy with where your team's doubles point is heading into the Sweet 16? Uh, I, we do. I think we do feel our, our best with the three teams we have right now. And we, we truly tried JJ for, for, for a long time. And, you know, we, we love him. And, and, uh, but put in LeBlanc at three, who's been serving really, really well. And, and again, this is college. Um, so it's a one set, no ad scoring. You, you need a big server that can go with Liam. And I, I think that pair is, is really working out very well now. Um, Gab was one of the injury we, you know, that you pointed out that was just, you know, bringing Gab. We always wanted to bring Gab. He's an all American and in, in singles and doubles, one of the best servers and one of the best striker in college. We're going to for sure. We're going to put him in at some point. Uh, but him and Josh, I'm telling you, uh, we're up a break against Florida uh, at the SEC. They can beat anybody. Um, and again, we put two guys at, at one who a fifth year who I know can can get there uh, in, in big moments. Are they going to win all the matches? No, but I, I think I think it's not a gimme for anybody to beat them. And I think, uh, for example, at Wake this weekend at one, I think I think they have a good chance. So I, th I think we're very very the coaching staff and the team I think are really happy with with our doubles in the last few weeks, and we know we can take it to. Um, to Florida, and I know there are, I think, 18-match win streak in, in the doubles, and I think we can we have a shot, and when you give yourself a shot against some of the best teams in the country, I think your doubles is set. Yeah, that's it's so interesting to hear you talk about, again, the need for a big serve there, and what that complements Liam, and why that 
partnership work so well at the number three spot? This is a big picture question. I'm going off script here, but when you're coaching doubles, do you coach technique first or do you coach energy level first? Because you talk about the college tennis doubles. It's one set, no ad scoring. It's a sprint to the finish line. I mean, obviously all these guys, if you're coming to Kentucky, there's a basic underlying talent and skill set you already have. Otherwise, you weren't going to get the recruiting offer. That said, as you were playing around all season long, again, are you looking tactically or are you looking at just we need the energy to get us out of the gate? Yeah, I mean, I think the energy uh, is the number one piece. And the energy is created by you having, a, you know, let's say two people that can create it, either a creator and somebody that can, you know, I, I think that's number one. And you look, and I, I look also at, at some teams that are very successful, like Florida or or Michigan is really good in doubles, you know them well. They have a foundation of energy. They do have a foundation, are very consistent with that. Um, so we start with that. After after that, for sure, it's a strategy on, on okay, can we hold serve at a certain slate? Uh, can, can we have chances on the returning side to break? Can that team break? Can that team hold? And we try to set up plays, you know, to, to make sure that we can do that. And this is why I think Alex and Liam work well together. You have Alex serving and Liam, you know, kind of moving all over the net. Uh, Liam is a great returner, so he complements a little bit of Alex on that side. So and then and you try to say, okay. Uh, at the end of the day, it's energy, and then uh, uh, I think right now we're in a good spot. Yeah, no, I mean, no doubt about that. Again, the doubles seems to be clicking in a way that perhaps it wasn't early in the season. And, you know, you talk about Josh, and I have a question later on that I want to ask you. Who's your team MVP this season? Who's your most improved this season? I think he can probably fall into both categories. I am curious, though, before we talk about him specifically – the four indoor court setup. I am sure you would like six indoor courts. Just to play the all match at once makes everything easy. That said, I can count on two hands the amount of times it felt like it's 3-2 or 2-3 for you guys going into that second action of singles you mentioned where it comes down to Josh and he's feeling all of this pressure on his shoulders. And yet it felt like Time after time after time, he continued to deliver this season. So with that in mind, the question I'm asking, do you kind of like the four courts? Like, do you like the four court advantage? Do you like that uh, that idea of the five and six? You know, these guys are playing under the gun and your guys are prepared for that. Uh, I, I I do like it. Um, I, I do like it, but I, I would like six courts. <laughs> and, and, um. I do like it when my five and six are very strong. And again, in 2012, when we won our conference, you know, we were very good at five and six and we could be down two, three at home. And it was, it, the match was done. It, it didn't matter. Not a lot of teams are, are, are used to that. You know, the five and six, sometimes like I see them on the sideline and they're cheering so hard on the first wave. And I was like, yeah, keep cheering, buddy. Uh, you, you know, you, you, you got a match to play in a little while. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think it's a great environment. The matches are a little too long. You know, I mean, it is a little bit more work for, for the team and for the coaches to stay out there for five hours sometimes to, to be really locked in for, for that amount of time. Um, but it is a tough environment. Yeah, I would say, and I, and I know some people touch on that, it is a tough place to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, you know, passionate fans, quarter four, it makes it a barn, so it just creates noise. Um, so it's just a physical emotional matches to play against Kentucky. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned Josh, who 21-2 and two overall in singles matches this year, which is just laughably excellent. And he's won eight consecutive matches. Yeah. He's 17-1 and one at the number five spot. Is he the MVP this year? Is he the most improved player on this Kentucky roster? We are. I mean, we are. I think he's for sure the most improved. Okay, that's 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 number one. Gab was the most improved last year, you know, from from his freshman year to to what he did. I think Josh is for sure the most improved. Uh, the MVP, it's tough. You know, I love my boys. I love them all. Um, but when you look at how many, you know, vic- victories they put on the board, the consistency of it, you know, between Gab and, 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 and Josh, you know, at the two and five spot, they, they've brought a lot of points against everybody from from the you know the best teams in the country to to the top 75 you know so um uh but josh has been just an amazing mentally what he has done from his freshman year to now because his talent is the same um he's done a really really good job uh, locking in and, and being very consistent off the court so he is consistent you know consistent on the court now yeah, and so I want to talk about, again, what has changed for him because I was down in Knoxville for uh, the Knoxville Showdown or whatever it was called. I apologize. And, you know, we talked about it on the podcast yeah. immediately after. I told Chris and Matt, I said, guys, I'm telling you, I'm watching Lapidot. This guy just has it. And, you know, he's a lefty. He's a guy who's comfortable, you know, just as comfortable, it feels like, moving forward as he is playing behind the baseline and grinding matches out. Uh, you mentioned the mental component. Is that's what is that what has clicked for him this season? What has been the difference that allows someone, anyone, to go twenty-one and two this season? I mean, that's just a remarkable amount of success. Yes. So I mean, his freshman year, he had some good matches, but couldn't get out. Could, couldn't mentally struggle during the, the tough matches where he was not feeling great. And we worked a lot on like just just having a foundation of rally, finding okay physically, can you last? It's okay to have an off day, you know, playing at your seven or six. And he once he realized playing six or seven was okay with him. He won a lot of matches doing that in the fall. Uh, we worked also on transitioning a lot of the fall. You know, we try to work with our guys coming forward a lot. I feel that the good teams just just take chances. If you hit a short ball, you got to go. You cannot be afraid of that. Um, and he's transitioning as well as, as he has ever. Um, and I'll put that together. We, 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 we focus a lot on our team of creating habits, you know, things that you're going to do every day, every day, no matter what the score is, how you walk. Uh, you pay attention carefully. Uh, what he's doing in the fall now exactly the same he's walking the same it doesn't matter what the score is so he's he always can find a solution on the court when his mind is clear and and that's what he's doing right now uh i I just don't see a weakness i mean like i said florida had him a little bit on the ropes you know uh but again you know that's it's a a tough environment i I think he had some chances in the first we didn't finish the match i would have loved to finish that match but he knows also he's one of the best players in the country now he knows that um, he knows his spot. He's somebody that is okay to play five and, and help the team this year. And he knows in the future he's going to be one of the best. And I, th- I think he will be. Yeah. No, it's been such a pleasure watching him improve. And obviously, again, his ability to move forward and just the pressure he puts on you in both singles and doubles, obviously, given you knew what you had coming back in the top three, his development helps put you where you guys are today. I didn't ask you about that. I should have probably done that at the start. Bad form by me. 
You guys, 23-7 and seven overall. You make the SEC tournament final. You snuck into that number eight seed. That had to be a cool moment for you in the program. Uh, it was. I, I think we we had a small maybe thought that it could happen, but I, I was like, I, it doesn't matter. You know, we, we can go on the road and, and play somebody. But seeing the draw come out, um, I'm just happy for, for the boys and, and, and the fans. I think we'll, we'll get a big, big crowd on, on, on Saturday, and um, they've worked hard, and I, I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure it could have been worse. And, you know, again, what because you look at what you guys were able to do throughout the course of the season. You played a lot of 4-3 matches, and early on, some of them broke against you, whether it's Baylor at the National Indoors or that Florida match at home. And, you know, certainly you get the Arkansas match on the road. You get the Auburn match at home at Vanderbilt, at Ole Miss. You guys have played a lot of 4-3 matches through the start of your season. You look then for that April stretch. 4-3 over Tennessee, 5-2 over Georgia, 4-2 over Northwestern here this past weekend. I'm sure the stress level has not been great for the coaching staff, but those four threes, seeing your guys bounce back, blessing for you all, right? Heading into May, yeah, heading into May, and to what do you credit, you know, again? I mean, do you like the close matches? Are you like, ah, 4-1 would have been okay there, guys? You know, well, what's your response been to this season? Yeah, I mean, I, I think in some matches we could have done a little bit better, you know, maybe closing out matches or, or you know, instead of a 4-3 doing 4-1 or maybe, again, we lost the doubles we shouldn't have or, or something like that. Out of six guys, can everybody play good that day? You know, there's always one guy that's may, maybe struggling, and that's okay. That happens. Um, the only two, like I said, we're doing good in the end of, of matches. We work physically really, really hard, so we don't mind going deep into matches. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm okay. Like I said, I, we can play a Wake or a Florida, and I feel okay. We, we if we play them deep, we, we it's a 50-50 match. Mm-hmm. Um, the only two matches we truly didn't, I felt like, okay, it was just too far, too, 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 too early. We were just too gone. Was Florida, you know, the SEC tournament where they just came out of the gate. We were a little tentative, you know, or my boys are still young. They're still, you know, Draxel or is a junior, but don't forget their COVID year was, you know, that's truly their second full year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and Ohio State at Ohio State when they were playing blitz tennis i mean it was just un- they were unbeatable at home and nobody who would go there would get a point so but apart from that we we fear no one and we feel we we can we can get to deep into a match and and, and close it out yeah this is where i feel obliged to say shout out to diego nava of xavier one of just two people to earn a point in columbus this season you're absolutely right and with that in mind uh, again i have a set list of questions i want to ask all of you as we approach this ncaa round of 16 if there was a single match from this season that you could replay, just reset, let's refocus, let's restart, what match are you picking? Um, maybe Florida in the SEC final. I, I, I would say we were in a good, and you know, people kind of came to me after the match, you know, hey, you know, we didn't start well, blah, blah, blah. And it's true, but we, were, we had a chance in the doubles. We kind of... Uh, I think we gave him a little too much respect in, in some in some time. We were up a break at one in the doubles. We were about to close at two. At three, they played really well. Uh, we just the first 30, 45 minutes of the match, we were just kind of just waiting for them to miss. And that's not our style of tennis. I, I would, you know, and I might have 
have to do maybe a better job. I thought, you know, it was my fault a little bit. That's the match. I just wanted to go deep. You know, they're, they're on their surface, you know, Georgia courts slow. That's their, that's their type of courts outside tennis. I wanted to play them a little close. The last 30 minutes of the match, you need to realize it got a very, very close, very, very tense mm-hmm. just for 15 minutes where it broke back, but got broken right back. And then Gab had two break points to, to go to five all against Riffis. If those two courts, can if you flip one or two there again? I, I trust my Josh. Um, I trust Milan and Frenchie. You know was about to split, so I just wanted to maybe push them a little harder. Uh, but um, we talked, and they they know they can play with everybody. Are they? I think Florida has a little bit more experience than us. Let's be honest. Um, Ohio State and and some of the Michigan, you know, some other team or TCU things like that. But trust me, they, they will have a tough match against Kentucky or Wake, or you know, it'll be tough to beat the Cats. No, absolutely. And with that in mind, best win of the season, and why was it Tennessee? Well, Tennessee, it was a good win. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a it's a a team that has done really well, has won the, the, the SEC uh, tournament last year, who um, Monday was back in the lineup. You know, some teams had knocked them out, but Monday was not in the lineup. Now, was he ready to play us? I don't think he was at 100%, uh, but he's still in it, you know, and it's still somebody you still need to to, to knock down. And, and we just played well. We lost the doubles. I mean, you need to write, we lost the doubles. We play also indoors where they're a little bit better, uh, maybe at, at this stage of the season. I think they're going to be good also outside, but in the stage of the season, they're good indoors. And we took them down, and it was – I'm telling you, it was maybe 4-3, but we had chances on every single court. So we – you know, the talk is, listen, we don't have to be teams 4-3. The same, you know, we, if everybody kind of plays the way they can, we have a chance on every court. Well, uh, the reason I bring that match up, and I don't want to say turning point in the season because you guys are 23-7 and overall. Obviously, you're having a lot of success at all parts of the calendar. But you mentioned dropping the doubles point there, which is something you guys did probably too frequently for your liking at the start of the season. It did feel like in that match, whether it was getting Gab back healthy, and obviously that's a massive victory for him over Monday, but just, you know, again, hurrying, grinding out that first set breaker and, you know, Liam forcing the third set the way that he did on court number one. Then obviously in the end, Josh and JJ able to come through in the clutch. Was that a turning point at all in your season? It felt like that win may have instilled some confidence in the guys that, again, they've lost one match since then. Yeah, we, we, you always look, it's not a marquee win. I love Tennessee, you know, and I, 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 I have a lot of respect for what they're doing. It's just, again, we had respect for them and you need that marquee win to make it. Yeah, listen, you, you guys can, can beat anybody. It's time, you know? So um, through their careers, again, we have COVID year. The second year we were, there was their sophomore year where Liam and had a great year and Gab was starting to come out. We didn't play the national indoors. You know, we, there was pieces where we were missing. We played Arizona, who was playing unbelievable. That was a tough draw for us, even to, at home, to play this very good Arizona as the first NCAA tournament mm-hmm. for my guys. But now, once we beat Tennessee and we, we get to the final of the SEC, I, I think their, their fear is a little bit gone. I think they, they know, listen, we can do this, and we expect to do this. There's a big difference, you know. So uh, I think they expect to win now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, expecting to win – I wanted to ask you about Liam here on today's show because Liam obviously through his first season and a half or two years coming into this year, I mean, he's been ranked number one in the country. He had lost like four total dual matches, something crazy like that going into this season. He's 13 and seven 
overall at the number one spot, which again, I think if you ask the majority of head coaches, hey, you can get two thirds of your victories at the number one single spot, just about everyone takes it. That said, I know the standard Liam holds himself to, and I'm curious how you've coached him this season, because again, he's not struggling, but he's certainly not playing his best tennis. No, it's not. I think there's a couple components. I think he had a target. You know, I think he was maybe defending a little bit too much. Like, like I said, defending the ranking, defending, you know, and the same with his game style, uh, maybe playing a little too much counter punching and things like that. People also have learned, OK, you know what? T- to beat him, you just have to be aggressive all the time. And they're taking shots. You know, they're, they're, they're really just... Uh, I mean, they're playing some of their best tennis against him, and that's okay. You know, we're, we're talking, we just talked about, you know, he lost against Northwestern, and the kid, if you look at it carefully, it's a 30-winner it's a match for the other guy. That's that's not easy to do. Um, but also, why is he hitting 30 winners? And we're, we're, we're talking about now, I think it's a good time for him to actually get better as a tennis player, and this is why also he comes to Kentucky. He's, he's tried to be, listen, he's starting to hit a serve. Again, he, the last few, we pay attention to each match and stuff. He had a great service there. Very, very good. It's just some of the, the returning points and stuff like that. He's just playing some too defensive on bigger points where he needs to go after it. Uh, but we'll make adjustments. Yes, I don't think he had the year that, that I think he expected to have. But without Liam Draxel as our energy guy, as our one guy, we're, we're not the team that, that, that we are, you know. And even he could be winning, like, like you said, 70% of his matches. Uh, we can play Wake and you, 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 you know, or anybody. And I, I feel like I trust my boy, you know, he can go get a victory for us. Mm-hmm. I feel like he brings the best out of LeBlanc as well. You talked about those pairings, just the energy Liam. I, like, I heard a LeBlanc yell and I was like, oh, that's what he sounds like. I was like, I had no idea that was his voice beforehand. And again, you talk about that energy component. And Do you ever worry? I know we've talked about this before and I know you have his back always. But do you ever just say, you know, Liam you don't need to do some of that stuff today. Like, let's just lock in here on the tennis right now. Is that a conversation you guys are constantly having? Not constantly. I mean, not, not all the time. But I, sure. I, I do in some moments. Um, I'll give you an example. And, and I think that's important for, for you to hear. Or, or he, Shelton was playing a wonderful match at the yes. SEC. I, I I truly thought, listen, this kid can be top 100. I mean, I can see it here. Uh, it, the serve was very hard to return. Anything mid-court, it's not even short, mid-court, he would just not be afraid to hit, come forward all the time. There was not a hesitation in his game. I was like, okay, he is playing really, really good. And Liam was trying to survive, truly. Uh, he was trying to stay there, stay there, be aggressive when he could, things like that. But he broke back at 5-5. Five, five. And he, you know, he just kind of did, you know, the Liam thing where he screamed, da, 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 da. And I always tell him, I said, listen, it's not a break until you hold. You know, you have to hold the next game. It's not, you know, and so he did break there, you know, but, you know, Shelton was also pumped. You know, he was like, okay, he's screaming. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go after him. And he, Shelton played a great game um, and broke him back. And that's when I would say, just, just go to the professional tennis. This is where the match itself is a professional match, not so so much. And this is where you need to lock in and come with the goods. And this, those are very small moments. You still want to be Liam Draxel 95% of the time. But when you're playing those type of players that, that are truly can play some professional tennis with the level, you, you need to play professional tennis. Yeah. 
I don't remember if the running forehand pass he hit was for 30-40 or was for the break point, but I imagine you see him make that pass and you fist pump, and then in your head you're like, oh no. You're like, wait, now he's going to high-five the crowd. You're like, was that shot too good for Liam? It might have actually been too good for him in that scenario, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I and again, it's not so much what he he, the, the energy that he's he's got so much energy that's just yes. a, an unbelievable boy like I said I, I he has more energy than any player I've ever coached or I've ever played against I'm okay with that but you have to settle back down into focus into calm into you know to, to play the next few points so winning it is fine and screaming is fine but it's not easy to, to, to coming down yourself back to again to very very good tennis Sure. No, makes complete sense. With that in mind, final few questions for you. How good is Gab? 18-3 and overall this season. I know he dealt with some injuries, was an All-American in singles and doubles last season, and obviously you guys have been able to work him back into the doubles lineup. It just feels like the game has slowed down for him this season. Like, the serve has always been a weapon. The forehand, the backhand, always, obviously, he's been able to, to crank those up. But it just feels like he is in such command of every point that he plays. And it does feel like, again, that's the last step always in college tennis when the game begins to slow down for you. Am I on to something there? It feels like things have slowed down for Gab this season in the best way possible. Yes. Mentally, he's at 90% of his potential. He's starting to understand, okay, it doesn't have to be perfect. Uh, and what that happens is you can calm down, you can slow down and, and uh, he doesn't have to break the first game or, you know, if you get broken the first game, you have plenty of opportunities to, you're too good to not have opportunities. Starting to understand the, that game, um, the second piece, we've always worked with him trying to come forward and he's starting to not be afraid. There was a small yes. moment in Florida where he was hesitant because did such a good job passing. So a lot of times when you have good players that can pass really well, you hesitate. Uh, but he, um, very few matches do I see panic, you know, and he's starting to believe, okay, I, I, I am not only one of the best, I can become the best. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, uh, um, but I'll tell you, same with Liam and same with a lot of my guys, they, they, you should come to a practice. They never let a day go by with, without a hard practice. They, they truly want to get better. So it makes it easy on us and the coaching staff. Yeah, that's what I love to hear. And again, 23-7, and seven, number eight overall seed. You guys are going to play host to Wake Forest this weekend. Let's focus on that match as we close. Start here. Super regional or Sweet 16 format where everyone's at one site? Now, you guys are hosting in Lexington, which I want to clarify because I know the NCAA released it. It is not in Columbus. This match will be in Lexington. Um, are you a fan of the Super Regional, or do you prefer the Sweet 16 all at one site? I'm a big fan when we're hosting. Uh, <laughs> and uh, if I was 9 to 16, I, I just, you know, when I played, I love the 16 teams going together. Uh um, I, I, I've always, you know, we went to Georgia with all 16 teams. And before, I don't know if you, we, we used to have a, it might be a little too much, but we had a big dinner when you saw all the big teams. And it was a, it was a, a, a wonderful memory to have everybody together. Uh, but I understand what they're trying to do. So I think we're, we're going to try it, I think, for a year or two and see how the student, it's up, I, truly, I think it's up to the student athletes to see if, uh, Two years of, of guys who've played, you know, with going to the Sweet 16 and going to Super Regionals, how do you guys feel and things like that. 
like that. But it, it has some value for us to host for our program, for our school, to have the third round here. I think we're going to get a big crowd. I think people are, are behind us for, for this Saturday. Uh, so that helps, I think, the, the, the school that is hosting. Um, but, you know, maybe for some student athletes, going everybody together, if it's a nice site, you know, I, I think it's also special. I forget his so I'm name. I'm on the fence a little bit with that. No, I think a lot of coaches are. I don't know if his name I, – I refer to him as Kentucky Jim. Now, I don't think his first name is Jim, but there's the fan who goes to all of your matches and I would say gets kicked out of about 40% of them, but we'll keep that on the down low. Uh, he's probably amped to have the Super Regional, right? Like it is that extra opportunity to play in front of your home crowd at the same time. Also, like logistically, if I was Wake Forest, let's just say hypothetically they travel to you, then to Champagne. Like I just, as a non-top eight seed, it's got to be a little miserable. It's yeah, I think it's it's hard a, a road match, and again, it's just one match. Remember, you don't get like you know, it's one match for the week. Uh, but I'm sure I don't know where. I feel, like I said, some schools also with stuff, they might have exams or I, I don't know what their week looks like. Uh, but yeah, it's not easy to travel and hit two days on somebody's courts and, and go and play against, you know, whatever, six, seven hundred people, you know, eight hundred people. Yeah. Is it Kentucky Jim? What's his name, by the way? You know who I'm referring to. Yeah, his name is actually has your first name, too. Oh, he's Kentucky Alex? <laughs> Oh, that's a, that's a game changer. Oh, I, I mean, again, I'm, first of all, there needs to be, you need, every fan base needs one of those people. It just makes every match that much better. So let me be clear there uh, from the start. But yeah, I'm sure he is pumped. With that in mind, as you look towards the Sweet 16, what is your biggest concern about your team as you head towards the season home stretch? Hi. Um, I don't, I don't have a concern. I think like I would have, like I said, the SEC final, I had a small concern of them maybe again, giving too little, too much respect to Florida and things like that. But I think we're past that. I, I think Wake is a wonderful team. I think it, we know it's going to be a 50, 50 match. We, we know it's going to come down to small moments. I know, you know, Tony and Chris are wonderful coaches. You know, that they've been, they're a big program that win a lot of matches. Um, their lineup also is strong in the back, you know. So, so we, it's just gonna, it's just gonna be a tough battle. But uh, we, um, we for sure are not afraid, and we will be ready. So, I do not have any, any, any issues with what I expect my team to do. That's what I like to hear. I anticipate that's gonna be the answer I get from most coaches as well. The best would be the coaches like, well, you know, we're not just not playing that well at six. Like that's a that's a concern for us. Like God help that or God love the coach who says that out loud. But with that in mind, I don't think I'm gonna get this answer, but I'm gonna ask anyways, match calculus for the match. What spots are we looking at? What are we thinking? You're asking me where I'm going to win my matches? Give me your four. What are the four points this weekend? I'm not going to get that answer, am I? We're keeping that close to the chest. Uh, no, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to keep it. In, I'm going to keep it inside my chest. Not, Fair. But uh, yeah. if, if I'll tell you that if, if Wade comes up with four and then I'll counter. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I'll send you the follow up text. I like that. Um, last question for you. And it's a stupid one, I acknowledge. But watching your team as frequently as I have this season, I feel like you guys have yet to play your best match. And what I mean by that is, I feel like there's yet to be a match where all six guys are playing their same tennis at the exact same time. And that's why when I look at your team, I'm particularly scared about what they could potentially accomplish over the next three, you know, four rounds of play. 
Do you feel that at all? Like, do you feel as though your team, as good as it's been this year, that maybe you haven't peaked quite yet? In the last two, three matches, and you can ask my team, that's what I said in the locker room. I said, we have not played the match of our season yet. And again, same with Tennessee. I don't think we played our best match. I know what they can do in practice. Uh, I know what I've seen every day. And again, I know my guys since, again, I spent a lot of time with them. We have not played our, our best match. And they know that too. Let's make sure we do play it in the next few matches. Um, so... We, um, I don't think, and again, I, I respect Wake, and I, I know they can beat us without their best tennis, and we can beat them without our best tennis. But I, I think if one of us goes to uh, Illinois, you know that we will need to, to have our, our best tennis to play against those teams that are, you know, ranked one through four, one through five. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's going to be really fun. I will make a request to every coach on every podcast I do. We just haven't had nearly enough drama yet at this NCAA tournament. There are a lot of, you know, 4-0s, 4-1s this past weekend. I appreciate you guys doing your part, giving us a 4-2 against Northwestern, but I need some 4-3s. Like, I need some down-to-the-wire, deuce-point, deciding-point sort of matches. So, you know, again— while I'm wishing you guys luck, success, of course, it's an 8-9 matchup. I know things are going to be exciting in Lexington, and I'm sure, obviously, you and the guys are looking forward to them. So, you know, don't be afraid, I'm just saying. Don't be afraid to throw a 4-3 our way. <laughs> I'll, uh, I won't tell you all my secrets, but I, I think it's a 50 match, and I think it's going to be a wonderful match. If there's any tennis fans around Lexington, they need to come out and, and, and cheer for either team. I was going to say, it's, it's, pro- it's got to be nice to do the Super, you know, to have the Super Regional after the Kentucky Derby this time, right? Like, you're like, finally, we're not competing with the Derby. Yeah. We've got the re- we've got all the attention in Lexington, all eyes turned on us, and so, yeah, I mean, you mentioned it. We're thinking 500 people this weekend? Yeah, we will get 500 or, or more people th- th- this weekend. A lot of people love this team. Again, they compete and they're wonderful kids. So I think it'll be above 500. Yeah, that's what we're looking forward to. Well, again, Coach Kaufman, immensely grateful for all of the support you've given us here at Cracked Rackets. I don't know if you listen to our broadcast every Friday, as obviously you guys are playing matches, but I know how hard you, Coach Ojeda, a couple others fought for us at Cracked Rackets to have the opportunity to be able to broadcast all of those matches. So on behalf of myself, Dalton Westoff, obviously immensely grateful for the support you've shown us. And the least we can do is support the Cats back. So obviously we will be wishing you all success and health throughout the remainder of this 2022 season. Yes, well, we all appreciate you very much and, and thanks for pushing our sport. So from all my players in, in Kentucky tennis, we, uh, we thank you. Oh, of course. Thank you, Coach Kaufman. Wishing you all luck this weekend. Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with another head coach of a Sweet 16-bound college tennis team. A huge thank you both to this coach and every coach for taking the time to chat with us here at Cracked Rackets. Again, trying to set the scene for all of you listeners down the 2022 college tennis season's home stretch. I've been immensely flattered by the reception we have gotten from all of these coaches who are so willing to participate in this exercise. And again, try to set the scene 
for all of you listeners, try to make sure you maximize your enjoyment through these final few weeks of the college tennis season. The plan here is to interview all 32 remaining head coaches. Now, it's only a success if we hit all 32. So I promise you, listeners, that will be our goal, as that is what we were able to accomplish last season. Again, you can find all of those podcasts here on this feed. You can find them on our website, crackrackets.com. A shout out, as always, to super producer Daniel Westoff on the ones and twos. He has a f- of an editing job to do this week. Makes all of this content possible. So shout out to him. Shout out to our friends at Swing Vision as well. Again, learn more about the Swing Vision app by clicking on the link in the description to this show. With all of that said, for our fantastic guest, our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at Swing Vision, from all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone.